What up, folks? What it do? Welcome to another episode of the Best Advice Ever Podcast with your boy, comedian Mike Goodwin. Yeah, the bowtie comedian. Well, as we always do, we start off every episode with the On the Road Again segment. And I'll do that again today. But I would like to take this moment to say thank you, man. Thank y'all for for checking in with me. I think this is like episode 18, 19, 20, somewhere in the neighborhood. So I'm rocking and rolling and enjoying the podcast journey. But like, but like I, I just said, I was on the road this past weekend. Very interesting enough, I took my wife with me. I was going to call her Miss Bowtie Comedy, but that's, I don't know if that's her, I don't know if that's her official title, but I took my wonderful wife on the road with me. Oftentimes people ask me, do I get to take my family on the road? And I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast, because this is one of the things that I can say aggravates me, but it does kind of catch me off guard a little bit because in none of my previous employment roles, no one ever, ever asked. I, I was in the military. I served in the United States Army. I spent a, a good portion of that time as a, re- a reservist, as an officer in the reserves. And we would have eight, we would have uh, AT annual training and we would have drill. We would have our, our monthly drills and no one ever, never, ever, 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 ever asked me in my military capacity. Hey man, does your wife get to go to drill with you? She could have. Like, it wasn't a, a, a situation where she could not have come to drill. She could have stayed in the room. But she could have come. She she could be at drill, be at the hotel. No one ever asked me. No one asked me when I worked at Heathwood Hall Episcopal School. And I would travel for work and go to conferences. Would go to these admissions counts, count, uh, admissions conferences, the student affairs professional conferences. Even different colleges would host me on their campus for a number, a weekend or a few days. No one ever asked me when Vanderbilt invited me to the counselors' weekend. Hey, man, take your wife with you. Does your wife get to go on the road with you? No one. So I always find it a little odd. When folks ask me about going on the road with me for these shows with these jokes, but she did because Friday night I was in Vineland, New Jersey, which I've realized part of my job is getting to the actual event. So doing comedy is a portion of my job, but another big portion of my job is professionally traveling. I just, 
travel is a integral part of what I do. And I need to travel to be able to actually execute a show. Now, I'm a professional traveler. My wife is not. Now, she's been tutored and apprenticeshiped and molded under the Mike Goodwin travel protocols, which is very rigorous, very rigorous, very stringent. And use my wife's words, very savage. It's a very savage approach to traveling. I don't I don't believe it's a savage approach, but it's 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 a no frills. It's a no nonsense in out type of situation. I was I was gonna say another expression that I don't I don't I don't I don't think is appropriate, but we would say it it would be it would be used quite often uh yeah regularly. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Now, I, I had to say it because I alluded to it, so I didn't want to just have it floating out there. But, yeah, why would we say that? Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have a no-nonsense kind of travel situation. And my wife is not. She doesn't travel with nonsense. She travels with uh, no regard. She traveled with, um, with uh, <laughs> uh, what's a great word we could use? She travels with low, low motor, low expectation. She's just strolling through the tulips. She's just Sunday morning strolling. So, yeah, my wife travels without any sense of urgency. And that produces a challenge. But now I think she's she's been cultivated and and and, <laughs> and learned the ways. She's learned my travel culture. And interesting enough, she still has some difficulties. Because I tell I, you know, I told her when we, we left Columbia. And I was related to the travel. I my show was in in Vineland, New Jersey, which, from my understanding, is south southern New Jersey. But I wanted to make a weekend out of it because I love. I'm so intrigued with New York. I, I, I'm just I'm utterly. So I had a show in New Jersey, but then my wife has for a very long time wanted to see. MJ on on Broadway. If you have no no you don't know my wife personally, she is a tremendous Michael Jackson fan. I mean, I like Michael Jackson. She is like the beehive is to Beyonce. I think there was no this was, was pre-social media and and these types of things. So whatever Michael Jackson would have had in this era, she would have been a part of that tribe, a part of that community. So she has been wanting to go to the show on Broadway for for some time. I don't I don't know how long the show's been out, and I've been hearing about it. She's been strategizing 
on how to get to the show. And I, I wanted to take her to the show. And I had this, I had this event on Friday in New Jersey and, and it kind of came maybe three weeks ago. It, it, it was it's something that's not had, had been on the calendar, but it, it emerged. And so when I realized that it was in New Jersey, it was a Friday night. I said, you know what? I could take my wife to the show. It's been Saturday in New York. Return home on Sunday. So that's what I did. Spent Friday night at the Word and Worship Church in in, in Vineland, New Jersey, with Pastor Kent and his first lady, Michelle, I think. And they had uh, a, a black love event, a love, laughter, love and laughter. Now, it, it was an open and public event. It was selling tickets. So there was a couple that saw me on the Love It Like You Mean It cruise, and they came over and, and brought friends. So these were two white couples that came to the, the Black Love. It was like, Mike Good, we're going to be there. Hey, we down with the Black Love. So that was great. Had some, some folks that were knowledgeable of, of what I did and, and came over. I think they lived actually in PA or about 30 miles from the location in New Jersey. So we came over there. It was a great night. So the traveling component of it, the advice and the guidance I received, it would be better to fly into Newark, drive down to the show because it's two hours. Newark to Vineland was two hours. Drive back to Newark and then leave from Newark to go to the city. Take an Uber to the city, car service, whatever, and then just have a car come back to Newark and then you can fly out from Newark International Airport that Sunday morning, which which is what happened. And so they're gonna work. That's what happened. And so Friday, Friday night was great. It was a great event. They had a singer, Kelly Glover. She was on a, a season of America's Got Talent and also American Idol. She was a great, fantastic vocalist. Then I did my set. I did I did a show. We had a great time. But then we had to drive back to Newark. So let's say the, the show ended around 10-ish. I may have gotten on the road about 10, 30, 11. And at maybe around one o'clock in the morning, all I saw was headlights on the interstate. It was just lights as far as your eyes can see. And I got the GPS and I'm telling you, I was rolling. And, and one thing about my wife, my wife gets her sleep on when we travel. So when we're in the car, especially in the, on the return trip. More like she's she's sleeping, but she fights hard to stay up. And I just kind of watch her head just the whole, I'm like, hey man, lay your seat back and go to sleep. But she, she, she tries to stay in the fight. My head just bobbing and weaving, right? Hit this traffic. We probably sat in the 
on the interstate for 30 minutes because I, I was about 13 miles away from the hotel. But <laughs> on the GPS, it was like an hour and 20. I mean, there was like, clearly an accident had happened. And I was good with it. But the interesting part about this was the plan ideally would have would have gotten back around 12, 20, 12, 30 at the late at the earliest or late as I thought. We get back about 1230. I was going to drop my wife off, take the rental car back because I'd had it for Sunday, but there was no need to have it because we're not going to use it to drive into the city. And there was about a thirty dollar a night charge for parking. Plus, I didn't need it any longer. We were going to, again, take a Uber or car service into the city and back. And then there was a shuttle from the from the hotel to the airport. I mean, it connected probably five minutes. So I was saving on the rental car. I take the rental car, drop my wife off, take the rental car back to the airport. But <laughs> the Newark airport is one of those airports where the rental car center is a place where you have to commute to. It's just not walk down, get a car and leave. So you got to catch this air train over to the rental car center. Well, not over to the rental car center because I returned the car to the rental car center. Then I got on the air train to the terminal. Then I had to go from the terminal to the shuttle pickup. And they ran shuttle 24 hours from the hotel. In doing all of that, I'm waiting at the shuttle spot probably at like 2.15 in the morning. And when I dropped my wife off, she took all the keys to the room. So I get back to the hotel after getting on the shuttle and the shuttle driver. <clears throat> we were in New Jersey, but he was driving as though he was a retired NASCAR driver. Speed racer. And no regard to the the, the road conditions. <laughs> This And he was driving the shuttle as if he had a Fiat, like a little small vehicle. No, he's driving this thing, driving the rub off the tires, right? 2.30 in the morning. I get to the hotel. The only reason that the issue with the card was an issue because you had to use it to get to your room. So now I got to text the wife. Once I realize, you know, because I get in there and I'm like, oh, um, walking up, checking my stuff. Uh, no key. So I text. She comes down. The next day, we get a a car service into New York, which again is one of my favorite cities, states. Saturday went to MJ. And this will tie into the best advice ever. Again, man, these on the roads we going long and long, long dog. <laughs> It, it's a lot. There's a lot that happens on the road. Went to the MJ concert. Interesting thing. My wife and I, 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 I wasn't able to get us seats sitting beside each other. For some, I maybe I waited too late. It's like people went in and bought the tickets, and then you have to buy the tickets back from them. And there was some other tickets. We had great seats, but we didn't sit beside each other. And there was hopefully that person people wouldn't show up, but they showed up. 
But again, I sat behind her and and I had as much joy watching the show as I was watching her enjoy the show. So I enjoyed myself thoroughly watching how much of a good time she had. And this ties directly into the advice that I'm giving today on the best on the best advice ever podcast. And that advice is simply create beautiful memories. When I initially was thinking about the advice, I was going to say make memories. But I got a lot of memories that aren't beautiful memories. I got a lot of very sad memories, very frustrating memories. I have very uh, stress and anxiety inducing memories. So don't do that. Create beautiful memories. Oftentimes in life, we are so focused on the destination that we ignore the journey. And being a person that's 47 years old, I'm realizing the journey is <laughs> faster than you think. Like, I can't conceptualize that I'm 47 years old. The, the, the simple fact. I can remember being 16, being 25, being 35, but 47? Like 50's right there. Like I could reach out and tap 50 on the shoulder. Matter of fact, the AARP people keep coming for you, boy. Keep sending emails. Hey, man, you want to renew your membership? I don't have a membership, people. Scat, skedaddle, get on out of here. But they like, hey, man, we'll just be sitting on this bench waiting for you. <laughs> it won't be long now. My pastor does a joke. He says, what does the monkey say? Monkey put his tail on the train. I, I'm telling. See, that's one thing. As a comedian, I should be better at telling jokes. I'm tearing this joke up. What did the monkey say after putting his tail on the train track? It won't be long now. But I I, I wrecked that joke. But AARP people, I did a I did a show for the AARP here in Columbia, maybe twelve years ago, and it seemed like I would never ever get close to AARP age. And I, that joint, ah. So create beautiful memories. My, my wife was really diligent about this probably four or five years ago as related to the things that we did for, for our children for Christmas. She really took a, a different approach to Christmas time. She, she said, hey, we should be creating memories, experiences. And I think one of the first things we did for Christmas or we gave them, we wasn't, we gave them the gift for Christmas, but it was, I don't think we went during Christmas, we went to the great Wolf Lodge in North Carolina. That was one of the first times we didn't necessarily, we, you know, we still give them stuff, but the big Christmas gift was going on an experience this past year. We went to the bowl game. 
South Carolina played. I don't even remember the game, the bowl because we lost. <laughs> but it was in Jacksonville, whatever bowl that was. But we the tickets, they unpackaged, unboxed the tickets for Christmas. Went to the bowl game. So my wife has been very deliberate about experiences. And I would encourage you to create beautiful experiences. Life is a wonderful journey. But if you're not enjoying the travel and you're solely focused on the, on the destination, you're going to miss a great, great opportunities, great deal, deal, number of opportunities. I was just reading the, the woman that created Abbott Elementary. She had an article in GQ and she was talking about creating a sitcom and she wanted, she as she researched sitcoms, she was noticing that a number of sitcoms that were related to, to black folks were black folks like a fish out of water. It was like the black family in LA or the black family at a private school. They were kind of fish out of water. They were not in a a place where they were. It's a common experience. So she wanted to create a show where, no, they were not a fish out of water. And the other thing she wanted to create was celebration of, of, of very, small wins and and even i'm a part of a business community we we say there's no such thing as small wins a win is a win but she wanted to celebrate simple things instead it didn't have to be i guess every episode was conquering some monster major accomplishment just accomplishing tasks and i think even in the article it said for some people getting out of the bed in the morning is a win that they continue to press on. And if you are not cognizant of this on your day, like what did you do today that was noteworthy? Like, man, this today was a good day, not oh, when I my birthday comes or when I lose 15 pounds or when I go on vacation. Like live in the moment today. And my keynote that I do, I talk a lot about being present. You can live in one of three places. You can live in the future. You can live in the past. But the most profitable place for you to live is in the present. And I encourage you to live in the present and to create beautiful memories. Create a playlist that you drive to work and listen to. Maximize the moments. Don't wait for vacation. Don't wait till the kids graduate. Don't wait until your tax money comes in, your tax refund. The next five minutes can be outstanding. The next 10 minutes can be tremendous. So create beautiful Memories. I think I think a lot about this because my childhood, now that I'm a, a husband and father, and I, especially as I'm looking at the relationship I have with my children, my childhood rears its ugly 
head quite often. And and I it's, it's been interesting for me to navigate this space because as a as a husband, as a father, I'm doing things that I didn't even see my parents do. Not only did I not see them do, I didn't even I didn't even know it was to be done. So again, the weekend, my wife and I, we, my mother had my son and my daughter actually was at a, a school event in Charleston where she was there from Thursday to Sunday. And for them to see their parents going out of town for an event, then taking the next day to go to a, a Broadway show. And if you hear my wife talk about the show, my wife told me this weekend was the best weekend of her life. I was like, hey, man, you know, we got married on the weekend, right? This was the best weekend of your life. Come on, man. Don't do me like that. Don't do me like that, dog. But I, when I hear her, someone will ask, hey, how was the show? Like her, her voice goes up an octave, a few octaves. And it's like, hey, this girl had a great time and we made a beautiful memory. So that's what I encourage you to do. Create traditions, create a culture, be consistent. You know, things like movie night, game night, create those. I, one, of the, one of the greatest experiences I had, my pastor, when I was very early in our marriage and I think we probably just had our daughter and we were just going to be at the house for Thanksgiving. He invited us over to his home for Thanksgiving and we were sitting around the table. And before we had the meal, he asked or everyone had to share what were they thankful for? And that, I believe that's something that he does where he's created that tradition with his family. And so create, that was a beautiful memory that I have that someone else helped to create. So I encourage you to create beautiful memories. That's the best advice ever for this particular podcast. We've come to an end of another episode. Again, I spent on the road, spends the big amount of time, a lot of time on the road. So I'm not going to be able to cover some of the things that I want to cover, but I was going to, I'm going to cover the church of Dion because we need to talk about Neon Dion Coach Sanders. We need to talk about him. But I will answer a question. Someone asked me, Q&A with the bow tie. This question comes from Santee, South Carolina. Mary asks, what do you do for fun? And I find that to be a very interesting, interesting question. Because I do stand-up comedy for a living. And that's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to get on stage and to share content that people laugh. Rooms of folks laugh. Just, that's probably a great amount of fun. So it, it really was kind of challenging for me to think about, man, what do I do for fun? It's one of the things I do for fun, and I don't know, sometimes does it feel like fun, but I, I, I do. I find a, a great deal of solace. And rejuvenation is going to the gym. I like it. I like it. I like the challenge of it. I like the difficulty of it. It's fun. I, I don't want to say that too loud. 
some of my trainers or folks that I work out with will be like, oh, thought you said this wasn't fun. But that's what I enjoy doing. I enjoy spending some time in the iron jungle. Like that, that's really been a consistency of something, whether I go to the gym, whether I go on a run, any kind of physical activity. It used to be basketball. It used to be a lot of pickup basketball. But after I tore that Achilles, I, I kissed basketball dating goodbye. So for fun, I definitely go to gym. I enjoy my family. I enjoy when we do movie night. We do game nights. Traveling together, that that is absolutely the f- best fun for me. And hanging out with friends. For, anytime I get to socialize with friends and family, that's a lot of fun. Well, thank you so much tuning in to another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast. Man, I would love for y'all to follow me on social media at Bowtie Comedy on Instagram and Twitter at Comedian Mike Goodwin on Facebook. Join my email list if you're not a part of it. Just go to my website, MikeGoodwin.com. If you have a question, just email us at info at ComedianMikeGoodwin.com. Also, I got a show this weekend. I'll be in Springfield, Georgia on March the 4th. If you know anybody down in that Savannah, Effingham area, let them know. Mike Goodwin's coming to town. Get your tickets. Morris Theater in Springfield, Georgia. Until next time, it's your boy Mike Goodwin, and I'll holler at you. Peace.